You released a TikTok that you immediately removed. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that it was a prolapsed anus. Really? What do you think happens when a kid hiding OCD and depression becomes a massive TV star and stand-up comedian, only to be humiliated after having a mental breakdown unknowingly broadcast to hundreds of thousands of people? I'm Anthony Padilla, and I spent a day with Howie Mandel to find out. Howie Mandel. I said your name, I greeted you. With a fist bump. With a fist bump, appropriate, yeah. right? You just come at me saying my name. Yes. Like, not hello. Mm -mm. Just, I just say your name, I scream it at you. Howie Mandel. Yeah. I like that. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. And if you wanna watch this episode completely uncensored and unsponsored, click the join button down below to become a member. I've been so nervous to do this. Why? For, because I grew up with, you were just a voice in my household. I was obsessed with Bobby's World. You did the voice. Yeah, you can do year. it. Bobby! That's amazing. Wait, how close was it? Can you do it? I can do it all the time. You can always do Bobby? Yeah, I can do it. You're doing it the same as me. Do you know who the Muppet Babies are? Yeah. Yeah, yes. so, so I'm Skeeter. Skeeter is this. It's the same voice. This <laughs> it's is, so cute. This is it's so cute, and it's coming out of your face. It's coming out of my, well, I don't, yeah. <laughs> but then I did all the Gremlin movies. Yeah, yeah, I'm and I was obsessed with But that's Gizmo. the same voice. <laughs> so you can tell I'm nervous. Nerves isn't something that I'm in tune to. I'm you always nervous. nervous. Why are you always nervous? You are Howie Mandel. That's why I'm always nervous. <laughs> I wish I was somebody else most of the time. Just about living up to the name? No. Just living. <laughs> just, just existing is Existing enough? is very scary for me. I've been very open about my mental health issues. My analogy, which I've used many, many times, is I love roller coasters. Yeah. And the, uh, the closer, the faster it goes, the higher it goes, the closer to death you feel, the more exciting it is. As somebody who is um, diagnosed with OCD and depression and anxiety, my life always feels like I'm on a roller coaster. As I sit here, I'm very medicated. Without the medication, would you be as chill? No, I, ca I don't think I could uh, survive without the medication. I need mm -hmm. my medication. The fact that I'm in the public eye, mm -hmm. meeting strangers, sitting in your place and doing that is exactly opposite to what would make me comfortable. At the same time as being terrified of that path, I'm enjoying that path. On stage in front of a live audience is my happiest place. It's the one place that I can be distracted from the voices in my head. I don't know if you're, uh, if you saw me when I started out. April 19th, 1977, I was at a comedy club in Toronto called Yuck Yucks. And I went as a patron and the host said, if you aspire to do this in any way, stand up, you know, at midnight on Mondays, you can get up on stage and do three minutes. And somebody at the table said, you should get up and do it. And I went, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I went on stage thinking, not thinking this through, not uh, preparing. And, and then uh, the, the light hit me in the eye and the mic is there. And I see the, the sea of people, the terror flew, uh, f uh, flowed through me. You felt it. I felt it and I was just blank and embarrassed and it's like that dream where you show up at a party naked and I, uh, and 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 the energy kind of started uh, I was just scared and, and and people think I was doing a character. People accused me of being on cocaine, but I wasn't. <laughs> it was just terror. It became a, a known thing. I'm just not that terrified anymore, but I started going, "Oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay." And they would start giggling. They would start <laughs> giggling and I go, "What?" What, what, okay, all right, okay, okay, oh, 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 you know, uh, you wanna hear something, you wanna hear something weird? Yeah. 
Does that sound weird? You know, and I, like I had nothing. And then yeah. I put my hands in my in my pocket. And because I, I have OCD, yeah. whenever I went out in public, I always carried uh, surgical gloves. And uh, I took out the rubber glove and I didn't know what to do. And 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 I was I go, okay, okay, okay. And I pulled it over my head and over my nose and I yeah. started inflating it and the fingers were going uh -huh. like this and the audience started roaring and I, I blew it up and blew it up and it popped off and they roared and I went, good night. And <laughs> as I walked off the stage, the uh, owner of the club went, oh, you gotta come back tomorrow. And I go, for what? He goes, to do another set. I go, what is a set? He goes, well, do what you did. I go, what the fuck did I do? And I went back and then it was the first time that a group of strangers kind of reacted in kind of a positive way mm -hmm. and were enjoying me. I don't know if they liked me or they were laughing at me, but they enjoyed that I was there, even if it was at my expense. It's nice to be wanted. It's nice to be invited. It's nice to have you ask me to be here. You know, the, the, big, the, the first part of my life, nobody you know, I, the only reason I was around other people was because it was mandatory. I had to be in a class and other people were in the class. In 12th grade, I was um, four foot 11. Whoa, shit. Yeah, I grew late. Girls didn't like me. I looked like a little girl. Um, I tried to get into sports. Uh, the only sport that would take me is wrestling, but I was a little girl. If you <laughs> It looks it looks like an 80s girl. Did you Google that? I just Googled Howie Mandel wrestler. <laughs> you know you've made it when you can Google your own pictures. And you know, I would try to be funny in my own bizarre way and everybody would just roll their eyes and go, you're so immature, you're an idiot, or you know, there was no YouTube to kind of shine on. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just me and my swimming class was the last class of the day. That was for gym, and I'd go home, it'd be 20 degrees below, and my hair would, I, it would be wet, so it'd freeze and break off. So <laughs> I tried to get out of swimming, so I threw a chocolate bar in the pool. Yes, I heard about this. Did, isn't there a scene in Caddyshack based on? Based on me. Your That's experience? way after me. I threw a chocolate bar in the pool, so it looked like somebody took a shit in the pool, <laughs> and they would close the pool, and we didn't have to take the class. Yeah. And then everybody showed up at the end of the day because there was word that somebody had shit in the pool. And everyone's three hundred kids came down to the pool area to see the shit in the bottle. Oh, there it is! There it is! There it is! And it, without thinking, I thought it would be funny. I dived in with my clothes on and came up with it in my mouth. <laughs> which did not garner me more friends. <laughs> no girl would go, oh. Oh, the shitmouth kid. That 80 pound little girl looking guy that just jumped in the pool and ate shit. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta date him. I just did shit, which make for great stories and great fodder, but the truth of the matter is that I was excommunicated from youth. You know, I didn't know mm. anybody who wasn't in school. And then yeah. I started selling uh, carpets. I had carpet stores. And then a novelty item that I came out here to have a meeting, and because I had gone on stage in Toronto, my buddy got me on stage here at uh, the Comedy Store. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it, uh, there was a producer in the audience that said, "Are you interested in doing television?" And I said, "Yeah." And then he gave me a he gave me a show out here called "Make Me Laugh." And then at the time, um, Kiss, the rock band Kiss, yeah. you know them, right? Of course I do. They were like at the top of their game. I did that show and Gene Simmons phoned me and said, I just saw you on TV, you're so funny. Will you be the opening act for my girlfriend? And I went, oh, okay, I don't even know what that means, an opening act for your girlfriend. I go, so maybe he doesn't want to do foreplay and maybe I should 
be there to. You're like, like hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Very cuckoldy. So, so I said, okay, but who's your girlfriend? His girlfriend at the time, he was living with Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. And I became Diana Ross's opening act. And oh, I had shit. nothing. I didn't have a career. I didn't have anything. And I played at Caesar's Palace. Like my whole career has just been this. It's been this snowball of saying yes to something. And always, then saying yes to something always. else. I never know what I'm doing. You don't I know never... where you don't you don't have like a, a, a 30 year plan and you're gonna do anything it takes to 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 force it to happen. You're kind of just going with the I show. have no idea that I'd be sitting on this today. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the I'm The highest doing or... of accolades. Is it? Yes. This is the pinnacle of my career. There's nowhere to go but down. down. People might have noticed when I greeted you, I it's it's customary for me to shake the hand of the guest, but I fist bumped you. And I, I didn't ask you about that, I just knew that because you're synonymous with fist bumping, with cleanliness. Do you like being synonymous with OCD, being a germaphobe? With, no. Does it bother I, you? No, but I don't like it, I just am. I feel like that's a theme for your life. You know, the truth of the matter is, if you wanna be serious for just a moment, the truth of the matter is, listen, um, I'm known as a comedian, and uh, there is a very close connection between comedy and tragedy. Mm -hmm. And uh, a sense of humor always comes from a dark place, you know that. Even two guys walk into a bar, it, there won't be a joke unless something shitty happens to one of those mm -hmm. guys. Mm -hmm. Or else there's no point of contention, no conflict, right? Conflict is negative. Mm -hmm. Conflict is not positive, but mm -hmm. conflict can be positive if you turn it in. So for me, humor and laughter has always been my bridge to survival. And if I'm not laughing, then I'm crying. So when I'm synonymous with these things and I've made fun of it and I've put it forward and I've been honest about it, I've been able, here I am at 67 years old, being able to survive it. And part of my um, coping skill is to find the humor in it. Do you remember the first time that you told the story about having OCD? Because I believe that there was a time when you hit it. I always hit it. Yeah. Uh, um, was there a first time when you kind of yeah, like revealed? Yeah, by accident. So I was on uh, the Howard Stern show and the um, there was a guy on also at the same time as me who, who was from the show. Do you know what puppetry of the penis is? No, but I feel it like was, I can imagine it was a very Broadway. visual image. It was a Broadway show where the guy would tie his penis into different shapes and knots and create Like characters. a balloon animal? Yeah. Well, that's cute. Cute? I, I could see it being cute. Not all the characters were cute. But anyway, the point was that he was demonstrating this. I don't know why they had him on a radio show. It wasn't, there weren't cameras like this. I didn't find it funny, but the guy was sitting next to me and he was handling himself. And then he, he, he left. And when he left, I was very cognizant that his hands had been all over himself and that he had touched the doorknob and he had left. And from that point on, my whole focus and my intrusive thoughts were, how am I gonna get out of here and how am I gonna open the door? And I was wearing uh, like a short sleeve t-shirt and I, I didn't know how to, I, I, I couldn't hear even the questions that were coming my way. And then as he finished talking to me and I was gonna leave, I said, to, could somebody open the door? I'm not gonna touch the door. This guy's had his dick all over <laughs> the door. You know, I'm not gonna touch the door. And he goes, no, open the door. And I go, no, I'm not gonna open the door. And I went to grab some tissue, some Kleenex to go get the, to go, and they, they, they knocked it, they thought it was funny. They knocked it away from me. And, and then uh, uh, I tried to pull my shirt, the end of my shirt to put it, and then they knocked that away from me. And then I, I started having a panic attack and I thought I was gonna pass out. I couldn't breathe. And I just said, Howard, I said, honestly, I've, uh, all kidding aside, I've been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. 
I, 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 if you don't open the door for me right now, even talking about it's making me nervous. Mm. If you don't open the door for me right now, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass out. You're gonna have to take me to the hospital. And and, and he went, no, sorry, and 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 opened the door, and I went out in the hallway, and I assumed that we were in a commercial. But when I went out in the hallway, I heard them continuing to talk on the speakers in the in the hallway, and I realized that this was broadcast, and he was live n nationally. Do you know what radio is? <laughs> I've heard of it once. Okay. Yeah. This is when people listened to the radio, mm. and morning radio was king at the time. The ancient days, the, yeah. the, the before times. Young people, you got to explain to you. With it. Radio is... It, it's like live streaming, but with just voices. You make it so clear. It's so easy to understand that way. And you know, I cannot go without thanking Dipsy for sponsoring this episode. Dipsy is an app full of short audio stories designed by women for women. Right, women? So what Dipsy does is they bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters and new content is released every single week. So in between listening to your favorite stories, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. So you're set no matter how you like to consume these delectable little morsels. And for I spent today with viewers and listeners of the podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30 day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Padilla. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash P-A-D-I-L-L-A. I'm gonna go ahead and thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode right now as well. If you've watched this show for any length of time, you know that therapy has helped reframe my view of the world by allowing me to feel empathy for my younger self and therefore understand who I am today better. But therapy can be customized to whatever is right for you and can be useful in helping with motivation or feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else you might need. And of course, BetterHelp screens all their therapists to ensure that they have experience and are certified and licensed and provides customized therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone or speak over the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. One of the most difficult parts about starting therapy for me was finding a therapist that I actually connected with and the price got very expensive very quickly, which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy where you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So with all that said, huge thank you to BetterHelp who are giving I spent a day with viewers and listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. That's betterhelp.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of Howie Mandel. Anyway, um, I was in the midst of that uh, panic attack and then it even got worse because I thought, oh, fuck, this is, I just said, I have mental health issues. And I'm incredibly embarrassed and, and horrified that I just announced this to the world. It's nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And you don't talk about this publicly. But more than that, number one, my family, I have kids who are in school. They're going to be mm -hmm. ridiculed. There goes my career. Who's going to put any show you do cost millions and millions of dollars. Who's going to hire somebody? that's got mental health issues. No, mm. So that's the end of my career. I might as well just run into traffic. So, and I was in New York, I was in Manhattan, and, and I, ran, I, I went downstairs and the, I just felt like so beside myself and so distraught and doors opened onto this teeming Manhattan street. And I said, you know, I just gotta run it. I just gotta end it somehow. Mm. And some guy came up in my periphery and he goes, are you Howie Mandel? And I just went, yeah, I couldn't look up. And he goes, I just heard you on Stern. And I, oh, I thought, this is definitely, this is the signal. Yeah. Just go. And right before I could take a step, he went, me too. And I went, what, what does that mean? And he went, no, I heard you talking about your mental health. I have that too. I went, what? He goes, yeah, I have that too. And that felt so good to hear somebody talk about it. And that was the first time I realized, you know, it's not just me. Maybe there's one other person. And this is 
uh, pre-internet, within the weeks, I started getting mail, like real mail. Do you know yeah. what mail is? Yeah, it's like it's like an email, but yeah. physical. The mail, the influx coming in of people just going, I feel good, and we shared it, and not feeling alone was just so empowering and so wonderful. And ever since then, I thought, I kind of, I'm always trying to recapture that moment, and that's why I don't mind as much as anybody wants to talk about mental health to remove that stigma and to have somebody out there hear that it's not just me, and I don't mean me, I mean you. You know, I think everybody in our own head, we're alone. Nobody knows what I'm dealing with. But you'd be surprised how much we all have in common. That's exactly why I do this show. And you know, I feel like I relate to you in a lot of different ways because it forced me to interact with a bunch of different people, learn about their lives, realize that I'm not alone. There's a, a, a bit of humanity behind everyone's story. That, a bit of humanity, they're all humans. There's always humanity. But something that you can connect with in a Relate. way that is deeply relatable. You know, what's, what, what's amazing is that each and every one of us is incredibly unique. Even the way you're seeing this world is from a little bit of a different angle, which right. kind of changes your perspective. And our perspective on whatever's happening, how we hear things, how we see things, makes us incredibly unique, which is also vastly interest, interesting in because we shun differences. Yeah. You know, that's what racism is ultimately. That's what borders are. But the truth is everybody is unique and not like you. And you have to learn at some time, number one, to embrace mm -hmm. and enjoy the fact that it's different than you, mm -hmm. but something that is so different than you has so many elements that are exactly the same as you that you can share. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm fascinated. And I'm always trying to grasp and trying to find how are you like me? Or what do we have in common? You know, have you ever been to this restaurant? Yeah, mm. it's the best restaurant. We've been there. If you could find something in common with somebody that has nothing in common, there is, there is some sort of attachment. That's the buoy of life. That's the lifesaver. Mm. That's the thing we're all drowning in our own little world. That's why you want to dress like, that's why you want to look like a Kardashian. You want to mm. be like something. You want to be like, you don't. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to be alone. I feel like that's partially what's kept you young and in tune with so many of the things going on right now is because you are constantly curious and fascinated. You know, it's really funny to me as somebody who travels and does comedy, there's a lot of people out there that don't experience anybody or anything outside of this tiny little bubble. That is what makes us so insular. That, uh, that is the problem today with the world. A lot of people are really comfortable with hiding in that little box and never coming out. I feel in that little box, I'm alone. If I don't understand mm -hmm. what's going on, if I can't read it, if there's a platform that exists on the internet mm -hmm. that I'm not aware of, Mm. then I'm fucking, the world's going, I'm alone. You, the world right. is sailing on and I'm alone. And that's potentially a dangerous thing that come along, that comes along with the algorithm and recommendation systems that are set up by most modern platforms. It says, oh, you like this, here's more of that. And then you, you, you fall down a rabbit hole of seeing more and more things that are like the thing before it that don't necessarily give you that opposing Yeah, I thought the internet was gonna open up the world, but the internet yeah. is, is, a, is a wall builder because we create our own algorithm, which is yes. building our own wall. Yes, and it's all based on the world that you have in that one moment. And whatever you click on. Yes, exactly.
even even scrolling past something for an extra 10 seconds because it looks a little bit controversial, but like within the realm of the things that make you angry, it shows you more things that make you angry like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I do. All, I'm up all night. And then I'm afraid that I stop too long on something. So I will, I'm aware of that. I'm, I, I stop too long on something. So then I think, what is the opposite of that? I'm You're trying to cancel out the algorithm. Because I don't, want the, I don't want my wall to be built up so nothing comes toward me. Mm. I'm so afraid. I, if you go look at my phone now and you go look at my thing, it's amazing. I, I, I see that friends of mine will go, oh, this is really hot now. And I go, no, that's not really hot. That's hot in your world. Yeah. But that's not over. And I'm bent on not allowing, there is, but not allowing an algorithm to be built toward me. It's all about that balance that you're talking about. You're aware of that balance. I don't think most people are. I'm aware of the balance, but I don't know that there's anybody more off balance than me that, I, that I'm aware of. It's interesting that you say that you feel like that because it doesn't look like that. Do you put on a facade to not show it? Probably. You know, I, I think we all put on a facade. I think facades are what humanity, what we're taught. That's why we get dressed in the morning. That's why you have uh, hair product in. When you look in the mirror and you go, okay, I'm going mm -hmm. out and that's mm -hmm. it. It's not about you looking good. This is how I want people to see me. And this is what they're probably going to think of me if they see me like mm -hmm. this. And I think that's one of the curses of being on the internet for so long is it's easy to fall into the line of thinking of perceiving yourself through others' eyes. Before you can even process what it is that you're actually feeling, it's always, how do I look? What does that say about me? What are people gonna well, think the about internet me? And I get nervous about what does that mean? And I do feel better when I can tone that part of my brain down that cares. Well, the internet is living out loud. Anyway, LOL. Start when you walk, what? LOL. Okay. Do you want me just to talk in acronyms? <laughs> no, but I'm saying when you walk into a Starbucks and you see people looking at you in your mind, you think you know, you know, she probably thinks I'm hot. But on the internet, it's like you can hear their thoughts out mm. loud and they give you those thoughts out loud. You're doing the exact same thing, except it's just not written. You know, you're and you can't, you're, I think everybody does. Yeah. I think very few people are not uh, self-aware. I, I think people misinterpret me sometimes on TikTok. Like, I, I don't know how to dance. Uh -huh. I'm the worst dancer. But I'll, and I kind of think it's funny when they don't get the joke. I think it's funny that I would even spend a moment dancing. I'm fascinated by what becomes viral or what, what is it, what is the crazy thing that you can do or the weird thing you can do or the simple thing that you can do that makes other people want to do it. So my son is Alex Mandel, who is the, who's actually pretty brilliant. This is like three years ago. He goes, dad, when I say so, go like this. And I, and so I did that, you know, because I'm gonna show you something. In the one day I got a million followers and I had about 5 million clicks on that video. And he goes, but I'm gonna show you that. So this is a trend. Everybody's doing that to this song right now, today. This is how you engage people. You know, do what is trending or what is trendy. And maybe we can come up with things before they happen. You said to me on my podcast, you said, I didn't know I wanted, if I wanted to be on camera. Yeah, I didn't. But I wanted to build something, whether that be a website, whether that be a game, that people will want to click on and be part of. Yeah. That same need is what I constantly have. I mm -hmm. want to just do things that, you know, 
people will enjoy, people will watch, mm -hmm. people may want to copy. That's more fun to me than doing something that I see somebody else do. One of the the magical things about you is just this 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 excitement about everything. I just Which don't want to miss it. Yeah. Have I missed anything? Um. Yeah. Let's talk about the prolapse TikTok. Okay. <laughs> so. You released a TikTok that you immediately removed. When my friend Neil bent over, this happened. Does somebody know, is this COVID related? And if it is, what do we do about it? Ow. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that it was a prolapsed anus. <laughs> what did you think it was? I didn't know. It was a guy with the orange, red pants and the, this big pink fleshy. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't know there was a, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a prolapsed anus. I later found out it was like a weightlifter and what happens if you, oh, if, you, if you strain too much, your ass will fall out. That's why I don't lift things anymore. But, but uh, I just said, my friend Neil uh, found this on the back of his pants. Is this COVID related? Ow. <laughs> and that's why I said it. And I put that up and then I went to sleep. <laughs> and about an hour later, my, uh, my son calls me Alex and he goes, what did you do? I go, what do you mean what did I do? I'm sleeping. He goes, what did you post? I said, I posted a funny, uh, weird, looked like a gross thing on the back of a guy. <laughs> he said, take it down. And I went, oh, okay. And I took it down and he goes, you're trending worldwide on Twitter. <laughs> so there was like, uh, and I had it up for an hour and I think it had hit 20 million clicks. I didn't know I was sleeping. And all over Twitter, I was the trending worldwide, that picture and that, and then it, and then I got called by some people that are, you know, I'm on mainstream TV yeah. to apologize. And I go, what is it? What is it? What did I do? What is it? And then they told me it's a prolapsed anus and uh, that anus falls out and I shouldn't post that. And um, I apologized. And you had to make I a lost, public apology? I did. And then I, I lost uh, a couple of sponsors left me and I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean, I'm sure just like the guy didn't mean to have his ass break out through his back of his pants. I didn't know an anus can come out. Oh, it comes out and when it comes out, it doesn't go back in. No, it does. Really? So Ethan Klein, I did his uh, podcast. Yeah. And he had a guy on, he turned around and he blew it out and then sucked it back He showed in. you in person? On a, would it be called FaceTime? Yeah. If he does that, it would be ass time. Oh. I think he showed me on ass time. I don't think they showed that on the air. They showed my response. And that's why even now on my merch, I sell the, there's a shirt that says, is this COVID related? Oh shit, that's what it means. Of my health. You lost the sponsors, but you sure gained, you gained something more. There's only a few left if you're gonna click on HowieMandel.com. You know how I found out about this? No. I typed Howie Mandel on YouTube and it auto filled in the word prolapse. So it said, Howie Mandel prolapse. Did you ever think that you would be synonymous for fist bumping and prolapse anuses? No, but listen, I'll take it from either end. That doesn't sound right. No, sorry. I didn't mean, I meant the synonymousness, <laughs> the notoriety. No. Do you have a prolapse anus merch? Cause I think. He said, uh, uh, Rich, who's here with me, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it, but we were gonna sell sweatpants with that on the back, but it's enough. Wouldn't that be great? You would sell. That would yeah, sell. Really? That is a missed oh, opportunity. Oh, what if there's a wait. zipper? The t-shirt, we could sell it on a t, that was his idea. It was a t-shirt, the t-shirt hangs long, yeah. and it's got the prolapsed ass, and if you don't want to show it, you, you tuck it in. Which you would do with your actual prolapse. Yeah. 
I don't know what angle you're looking that's at. That's the crotch shot, yeah. yeah. That's the penis balloon angle. That's but from that angle, angle, my penis looks a lot bigger than it is. See, that's precisely why we use Thank the... Un you. It's unflattering for your face, but very flattering for your penis. I always think... I've never sent a dick pic to anybody. Mm -hmm. Have you? No. No. No, but here's the, here's the thing that I... When I hear about dick pics... Yeah. In my imagination is just the personal setup for yourself. Like, uh, go get me a lamp. Let me hold. You're trying to me, light it? You're like, trying to get, well, like I a, don't know. Like you your makeup artisan? This is a picture. Like, how do you even set yourself up for it? Know. What angle you is the what? best angle? You know what? If I angle? come from this angle and yeah. up, it's going to look like a towel. It goes from here to the sloth. Is that a sloth? That's a sloth. Yeah. Yeah. From the window. Yeah. The My dick goes from here to fucking sloth. That's true. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's uh we got that's that's a 3D camera too, so it's gonna. Oh great! Yeah, right just, around. Yeah, everything. exactly. Like whoa! It's in my face.